brand spanking new podcast. I'm your host, Brock Adams. Yeah, I know. I've been away for far too long. Blame COVID, blame politics, blame me binge-watching sessions of The Good Place, Dark, The Wire, and Mr. Robot. Yeah, all of that actually happened this year. Blame whatever you want, but the important thing is I am here and I'm ready to talk. So with that, let's see what I missed since sports was shut down when Rudy Gobert touched the microphone. Since the last episode... Tokyo has had to redraw the Olympic logo from the most artistically perfect brand to who knows what they'll come up with for this next summer. League started experimenting with bubble wrap. Sorry, bubbles. Which led everyone to have massive mental breakdowns while sport fishing in Orlando. Speaking of the NBA, a lot of strange things happened in the NBA bubble. Jimmy Butler started a coffee business. Dwight Howard campaigned as an anti-vaxxer. And Lou Williams somehow forgot that strip clubs were off-limits. The bubble was a win for the NBA, and finally, after a long and arduous journey, LeBron James was finally able to get that sliver of respect after being shown so much disgrace his entire 18-year career. On the opposing campsite, Michael Jordan made a documentary about himself, reminding us about how he is the GOAT and will never be dethroned from that position. Also, the world's fastest eater, Joey Chestnut, debuted a 30-minute documentary special on ESPN Ocho reminding all 14 watchers that he is also the GOATS. He did this by actually eating a goat, so props to him. LeBron James sent out a tweet saying that he supports the Chinese government amidst the protests in Hong Kong. Yeah, that really happened. I think the man needs a social media mentor or something along those lines. The NBA also took a 60% ratings hit this season despite being shut down in the middle of a pandemic and then resuming in late July when there were no additional sports going on whatsoever. Not a good look, I have to say. More people tuned in to watch Season 3, Episode 16 of Young Sheldon than they did to watch Game 6 of the NBA Finals. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, Young Sheldon is a show about a 12-year-old boy's coming of age, and it's also a spinoff of The Big Bang Theory, a show about four nerds who can't talk to women unless they're drunk, and who also have Dungeons and Dragons parties trying to assassinate Will Wheaton. More people watched that garbage than they did LeBron James beat Jimmy Butler in the last game of the NBA Finals. And LeBron wonders why people aren't excited about Space Jam 2. Mark Cuban secretly tried to get Mavericks to stop playing the national anthem, the NBA reinforced the mandate that Francis Scott Key's ballad would continue to be played before every home game. This does raise the question as to why do we listen to that particular song before every sporting event? There's nothing really patriotic about 10 sweaty guys throwing a rubber ball on a basketball hoop. It's not Nam for crying out loud. Why don't NBA teams play something more appropriate, like House of Pain's Jump Around or Diva by Beyonce? College athletes can now actually make money off their own face, which is somewhat surprising as there's not really that many good-looking faces to begin with. Jerry Seinfeld put it best by saying that 95% of the population is undateable. That stat is probably more than true for the 250,000-plus college athletes who have signed blood oaths with the NCAA. Speaking of four-letter curse words, the NCAA got more egg on their face by having unequal workout facilities for women athletes compared to men athletes in March Madness, showing how even more corrupt that organization is. Men were given a CrossFitter's utopia on steroids, Meanwhile, women were handed emoji of a dumbbell on a gift basket with coupons to Bed Bath & Beyond. This is literally the worst organization on the entire planet, right up there with the production team for the Hulu original show, Amy Schumer Learns to Cook. When the public was outraged by the TikTok story going viral, the NCAA issued a heartfelt apology saying they would fix the error of their ways. 
They then set out gift certificates to Ikea. So not a huge upgrade. A reporter at a Zoom press conference forgot to hit the mute button and proceeded to make fun of Trevor Lawrence's babyface mustache. Lawrence responded by not shaving and still looking like he's a minor in a 7-Eleven trying to buy alcohol with an ID that says McLovin. Vanderbilt kicker Sarah Fuller kicked an extra point in an SEC football game, becoming the first woman to score a point in Power 5 football history. On a side note, with that extra point, Fuller also moved up to fourth place all-time on the Vanderbilt record books. U.S. men's soccer couldn't qualify for the Olympics again. Not a shocker there. I could say something witty here, but no one really watches soccer, so we'll move on. The Rock bought the XFL. We all blame COVID for their second demise, but hey, third time's a charm. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off. You know what they need to try and resurrect from the sports entertainment depths? Pros versus Joes. I'm serious. I would actually get off my grandma's Hulu subscription and pay to watch that again. People got really into esports during the summer. And then we all realized we were watching a bunch of prepubescent teenagers talk smack through a console while gulping down liters of Mountain Dew Code Red. Judas, what was going on this past year? COVID did a number on everyone. In the NFL draft, people still booed Roger Goodell as he announced the picks on a Zoom call. Goodell responded to the boos by putting all those fans in Zoom waiting room timeouts. Yes, that's what the world has become. Zoom purgatory. Lamar Jackson had to take a dookie and came back to beat their division rival. And yeah, I did just say dookie. The Browns won their first playoff game in three decades by embarrassing the fat man known as Big Ben on his home turf. Baker Mayfield consequently gave Colin Coward the middle finger by turning his hat around backwards. Drew Brees realized that Metamucil doesn't work as a pregame mixer, so he decided to hang up his cleats. Aaron Rodgers couldn't win when it mattered the most, so he decided to do what he does best, which is being the host of the daytime game show Jeopardy. And Tom Brady made a pact with Satan yet again, which got him his seventh Super Bowl title. Well, actually, he somehow got his soul back from Satan and then was banished to the underworld of Tampa Bay. Then he really sold his soul to Satan and got drunk at a boat gate or tailgate or what do they call it when you party on the water? Meanwhile, Bruce Arians decided to go all Bart Simpson in the mall with his new tattoo. Go look that up. Brooks Kepka tried to look like Payne Stewart but still has the roid rage of Randy Macho Man Savage. It should be noted that he does, in fact, skip leg day. Baseball lost $3 billion in revenue last season, which they blamed entirely on COVID. I think the main variable in that equation that caused them to lose so much money was the fact that we as a society have actually advanced past the Industrial Revolution. Following the bubble, the NBA then became a horse race for divas, who were all somehow trying to campaign to beat the 92 Dream Team. The latest edition of those vying for that honor are the Brooklyn Nets. So let's see how they're doing. They hired a virgin head coach with no experience on his resume whatsoever. Great start. Kevin Durant got better, then got hurt again, then got better, and is now hurt. No surprise there. Meanwhile, during this entire roller coaster, Durant got into a Twitter argument with actor Michael Rapoport, basically telling him he would meet him at the flagpole after school to fight mano e mano. Rapoport showed up to fight Durant. He was actually met by Floyd Mayweather Jr., Conor McGregor, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Mike Tyson. Following the altercation, Durant defended his entourage on Twitter by saying that he did this all on his own and needed no outside help to win that fight. James Harden got fat, then went to some strip clubs, then got skinny, then got fat again, then went to more strip clubs, then held the Houston Rockets hostage, which forced them to trade him for the equivalence of a free year of pizza at Papa John's and a used Maytag washing machine. Then he got skinny again, won a slew of games while going to new strip clubs, and he's now hurt. Kyrie Irving took a few games off to join a Zoom call for local election leaders. 
sprinkled pixie dust on the side of the Boston Garden, and then gave $1.5 million to cover the wage gap in the WNBA. I got to say, I have no idea how to read this guy anymore. He's a philanthropist looking to help underpaid female athletes, but then still thinks we're surrounded by a large wall of ice known as Antarctica. Yeah, that's flat earthing for you. Look it up. Blake Griffin dunked for the first time in three years. Good for him. Good for him. Dwayne Wade became part owner of the Utah Jazz, literally the last team anyone thought the Miami Heat legend would ever invest in. Wade was welcomed to Utah at a recent home game with a gift from Governor Spencer Cox, which included the Book of Mormon on Blu-ray, an orange construction barrel on I-15 named in his honor, and a VIP invite to a doTERRA mixer. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley... Oh, wait, what's that? People don't actually watch hockey? You're right. Sorry. I'll skip that one. Uh, the Houston Astros got the O.J. Simpson treatment for committing the most heinous crime in the modern sports era since the 1919 Chicago Black Sox. The only difference between them and O.J. Simpson is... Well, they didn't actually kill anybody. Nate Robinson got knocked out by Jake Paul. For those of you who have no idea what that means, here's a better synopsis. An NBA midget got knocked out by a D-list celebrity who was voted off the mass Singer. Yeah, that really happened. Man, COVID did some weird things to everyone. I mean, disc golf ratings actually went up this year. It's a bizarre world out there, my friends. HBO made a documentary about Tiger Woods. Not as good as MJ's tribute, but still riveting stuff, I tell you. Tiger responded by going 85 in a school zone, mistaking the gas pedal for the brakes, and totaling his car. There were no strippers identified at the scene of the crime. At least, not yet. I'm sure some will come out by the third episode of the documentary. And finally, the Cleveland baseball team and Washington football team decided to retire their racist nicknames. Good for them. Way to open up your perspective and be more inclusive. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves, North Dakota Fighting Sioux, Chicago Blackhawks, Utah Utes, Florida State Seminoles, Kansas City Chiefs, and Buffalo Bills doubled down on their stubborn bets by holding on to those infamous team nicknames. Honestly, who calls a professional sports franchise the condensed version of the name William? The Buffalo Williams? Why would you do something like that? If I'm going to start an NFL franchise, I'm not going to call them the Portland Jimmies or the Milwaukee Dugs. That's just stupid. You should know better, Buffalo. Until you decide to give up your ludicrous nickname, you should trade out your bison-shaped mascot for a balding middle-aged muffin top whose highlight of the week was watching Dancing with the Stars with his mother-in-law. Yeah, that is a true Buffalo Bill. So what have we learned from all of this? From this helter-skelter mess, chaotic cocktail of social media doused with political agendas mixed in with, I think, someone scoring points somewhere? Well, some things are still the same. Patrick Reed is still a cheating jerk. Gonzaga is still choking in the clutch, and NBA players still think they are members of the Screen Actors Guild. Some things are different. NASCAR no longer thinks the South will rise up and win the Civil War. The Cleveland Browns are no longer the worst franchise in modern professional sports. And fans are no longer making an impact on the outcome of any game, at least for a few more months. We've learned that people have feelings. We've learned that there are actually differences of opinions. We've learned that we all know how to get on figurative soapboxes and scream at the top of our lungs. More importantly... We've all learned that we're really terrible at the skill of listening. This has been one of the most unconventional, bizarre years in the history of sports, more broadly, in the history of mankind. I have no idea what the moral lesson of all this is. All I know is despite all these ups and downs, there are three things I can always rely on. Death, taxes, and the University of Alabama getting away with paying five-star athletes under the table to get them to move to the turd nugget known as Tuscaloosa. That's our show. I definitely will be back next week. Unlike the European Super League, FIFA, get a grip on reality.